Hi and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Amber. My website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. For those of you that are new to this podcast, my work focuses on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work and transformational calls and readings. The website again is sacredspacehealing.org and I have been a healer and a teacher mm, since 2008. Um, and these podcasts have been running since 2013. So, um, first of all, I'd like to thank all of you that listen to these podcasts, um, and for all your kind messages. And secondly, just to redirect all the inquiries that I get asking how you can best support this work to the website. Um, if you go on the website and click on the home button, there's a drop down menu and there's a donations uh, page there. And if you click on that, you're able to donate as much or as little as you would like towards um, the podcasts, the the YouTube channel to say thank you. Um, Everything that you donate goes back into the work. Uh, It means that I can continue to provide free content um, to reach as many people as possible. Uh, So that's sacredspacehealing.org. On the subject of free stuff, today's podcast is about free healing and our desire for free healing. So um, this is actually quite a big topic and it's something that I talk about quite a lot in my teaching circles when I'm uh, training my students to master level and then professional practitioner level, um, which is really coaching my students on on what it takes to set up your own healing practice and and the things to navigate, you know, when you're stepping out into the world as a healer. Uh, Years and years ago, and uh, I don't know if I've shared this story on the podcast, but I certainly know that I've shared it in circles. So years and years ago, when I first attuned to Reiki, um, I attuned to Uzui Reiki level one and then level two. And um, after you attune to level two, you're then able to heal others. So uh, I was doing a um, a kind of uh, a trial healing, if you like, during my attunements with my Reiki master. And um, after I'd done this example healing so that she could see how well I I could do the work. She uh, asked me a few questions and she said, so, you know, when you, she sent me a few case studies and she said, when you do your case studies, how much payment are you going to ask for, for your healings? Because there needs to be an exchange. And I said, Oh, I I don't think I'm going to ask for any money. Um, I'll probably just be happy with a cup of tea. And, um, she looked at me and smiled and she said, right, so you're going to travel to someone's house and you're going to give them an hour's healing and you've gone through all this work, you know, all your achievements and everything and you'll, you'll be happy doing a healing for a cup of tea. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine with that. Um, and she just smiled and she said, okay, if, if that's what works for you, but just remember that there needs to be an exchange of energy. So my first case study was um, someone that I knew. Uh, she was a friend, not someone that I knew too intimately. And I said, I need to do some case studies. Can I practice on you? And she said, yeah, of course. So she lived all the way across in West London at the time. And I lived way over in North London. So it took me about two hours, probably over, to get to her. Because it was one of those, you know, change about three trains, get a bus and then walk. So I'm not kidding you when I say it probably took me about two hours, if not longer, to get to her. And I had all my stuff with me, like my crystals and my incense and all of that stuff that I needed, felt I needed to set up the healing space. So I got to her lovely home and she cooked me some lunch because this was going to be her way of thanking me. She said, I'll cook you some lunch and you can do this healing on me. So she cooked me a really nice meal and then 
we let our meal settle and she said okay so we'll do the we can do the healing now so um we sat up in her living room just lying on the she was lying on the floor and I started doing the healing and I started working I think I in those days I used to work at the top of someone's head and then work all the way down the body so I started at her her head just held her head in my hands and let the healing energy flow and she started laughing hysterically and I never had that happen to me before um I didn't know what to expect because this had just I didn't know what to do so I had a sense that this was a release for her because it was kind of hysterical laughing so um I allowed the laughing to continue and I laughed along with her a little bit and, you know, I I just let it run its course. And then something really incredible happened. As she was laughing, she burst into tears and um, she cried and cried and cried. And I I worked my way down her body. So I worked on her heart chakra and her solar plexus and eventually grounded her at her feet. And the whole healing probably took about an hour. It might have taken a bit longer. And then there was time afterwards to ground her and, you know, I got some water and sit with her. And um, it, it had been a really profound experience for her. And she, she described the sensations that she felt and the colors that she saw and um, what was happening for her. And that the laughter was indeed a release that then precipitated and allowed the emotional release to happen. Anyway, I kind of, I'd done my case study really. So, um, you know, I'd probably been there a good sort of four or five hours and it was time for me to go. I had a two hour journey to go home. So I started to put my stuff together and she left the room and came back in the room and she said I I want you to have this and she gave me 30 pounds and I said what's this for and she said it's for the healing now she was um you know she was she was an artist so she didn't have loads of money like this was a big deal for her to give me this amount of money because I know she worked really hard for her weekly wage and she said um no this is it was it was worth it it was worth every penny if I had more I would pay you more but I want you to have this I was so moved by 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 what she'd done. Um, I was so moved by it. I mean, it was just it it just blew me away that someone wanted to honour my time and my energy um, with this gift of of money, which is basically a physical um, form of 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 energy exchange, right? Because um, you know, as I, as I said this to my students often, like back in the day. You you might do a healing for someone, or the, the your your client, your villagers would travel to you, and you'd give them a healing as the seer, as the mystic, as the shaman, and they'd bring you a chicken, or they'd bring you, you know, they'd build you a home, or they'd bring you firewood, or, or something, you know, that would be the exchange. So you could live. Um, often healers live in community for free. Their homes are taken care of. Their food is taken care of. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to concern themselves with the mundane because their role is to be the healer of their community and and their community don't want them to get burnt out, to leave their community um, or to in any way not be able to do what they're there to do, which is to heal and to elevate them. But of course, things have changed in our society and and now our exchange is pieces of paper called money. Um, I've always said I would gladly have someone, you know, build me a house or um, take care of my shopping for a year or do my tax bill or something, you know, like do something practical in exchange for the healing. But we just don't as of yet live in that kind of society where it, where the exchange is honored and where we even know how to exchange our services in that way. There are societies where this happens, but we're not there yet in a city like 
um, in a country like the UK or in other big countries. So I was so touched by this reward that I'd got. And of course, I used that as my benchmark. I did my other case studies. And when I first went into practice as a as a practitioner, um, I charged £30 an hour for an hour. Sometimes it was longer. Sometimes it was 90 minutes worth of healing. Um, I've told this story many times in Circle. Uh, I didn't go to any business course. I didn't follow any program. I didn't emulate other healers. What happened was I was charging £30 an hour for over for an hour, sometimes 90 minutes worth of healing. And every every sort of couple of months, I mean, I, I don't even know if it was that regular, but every so often, my client, one of my clients would turn around to me and give me extra. So I think, you know, the first time I went from some, me saying that's 30 pounds to someone writing me out a check for 60. And I said, no, 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 it's, it's just 30. I know we've run over because I would often run over. Um, and I didn't really mind about that. If I had to run over and I paid extra for my room, it didn't matter because the person in front of me was the most important thing. And um, I remember one client saying, yes, we've run over, you've given me more of your time, but also the healing is worth double what you're charging and I, I can, I've got the money and I want to give this to you. And so I would start to then raise my prices accordingly because I just, I kind of felt that I'd given, been given a sign, not only from others, but from the universe, that this is what my worth was in this work that I was doing. Um, and that's how it happened. People just gave me more money and it and it kept happening that way. And it was it was very beautiful and it was very unexpected, but I, it was very gratefully received because the work that I was doing was being valued. And I think that's an indication also of when I started out healing, where we were at as a, as a global consciousness. I think when I started out healing, you know, Reiki and shamanism were these terms that were quite mysterious that we we knew about, but we, we sort of had a, a bit of trepidation diving into. These days, people are attuning to Reiki and shamanism on the internet in an online course. You know, it's become like your online weekly shop. Um, we've lost reverence and sacredness for it, and we've become uh, we've become over consumers of it. We're looking for the for the quickest bargain, the quickest fix, the quickest hit when it comes to our healing. It wasn't like that when I started out. You know, I, I didn't have any social media um, accounts. Uh, all of my clients were word of mouth. I had a very simple website that was like two pages long. Um, all of my clients were word of mouth, uh, and all of my sessions were in person. So, you know, when I started out, I would travel for an hour and a half, two hours to the room. I would set up the room. I would do the healing sometimes for an hour. Sometimes we would run over because we needed to run over. I would then tidy up the room. I would pay for the room which would often be 10, 12 pounds an hour, sometimes more. And then I would travel back home um, for an hour or two hours. So it was a big, big chunk of my day that went into giving one person a healing sometimes. Uh, I would work on Sundays. I worked evenings. It didn't matter if it was raining, if it was snowing. Um, I would you know, work first thing in the morning if that's what a client needed. And I learned over the years to have I needed to have, you know, more and more fixed times and boundaries and, and so forth. But, um, that's just to give you an idea of how much of my energy and time and effort I put into doing those healings. And that hasn't changed over the years. You know, it's remained the same. Um, even now, whether I'm doing distance work, or I'm doing in-person work, there is a lot of time and energy and effort that goes into the healings that I do. Um, and I think that's why, 
the results speak for themselves. Um, so my Reiki master was right. It would not have been enough for me to have just got a cup of tea for that healing. And, and the beauty of, of being on the right track in our lives is that we are guided and rewarded, um, and loved and held. Uh, and I was loved and held and guided in that moment when my friend said to me, I want to pay you 30 quid for this healing. Now, why do we have to have an exchange for the healing? So, um, I think we have this belief that healing is free. Energy is free. Healing is free. So why do I have to pay for it? Um, and I've said this in other podcasts before, before I attuned to Reiki, I thought things like Reiki were a ripoff. I didn't, I didn't believe in any of that. I was a, I was a, a really passionate atheist. So it was a conversion for me actually to experience the healing. And I remember the first time I got a healing from my Reiki master, I was so flawed by the profound nature of what I had experienced, this, the peace that had fallen over me, the love that I felt, the tears that I'd cried, how held and, and safe I felt. And I would not have hesitated um, to have rewarded her for her healing. Um, I'd already been, you know, I'd already paid her for my attunements, but were she just my healer, I would not have hesitated to pay her in full because the service that she was providing me was priceless. Uh, so I was a, I was an instant convert to why we need to reward healing. But the argument goes that healing is free, energy is free, so why should I have to pay for it? There's a few strands to this. The first is that, you know, Reiki, if we trace it back, is energy healing, really. And I, I believe it's been there since time began. It's a part of who we are. But we can trace the lineage of what we formerly know as Reiki, the traditional form of Reiki, to Mikai Uzui, uh, a Japanese monk who went into meditation for a period of days and in meditation and isolation from his community various symbols were revealed to him and these symbols he realized when he when he kind of tuned into them or he drew them out released energy that had uh, different effects you know some of the energy was about acceleration and some was about um, clearing and some was about uh, you know bringing certain um, elements into the body like fire or water and so on and so he had all this knowledge of how to heal and he went back into his community and he started giving out healings to people and he started giving out healings to people for free you know because this information had come to him for free and he didn't feel he needed to charge and what he noticed was that people were getting their healings and they were feeling amazing uh, immediately and the and the, the effects of the healing would last a few days maybe longer and then they would go back to their old habits it would be as if the healing had never happened. Um, and then they'd want more and they'd come back and they'd want more. And he was finding that people were making no changes in their life because they would come and have the healing and then they would go back to their old habits. And then when things got rubbish for them again, they would come back for a healing. So he realized that they needed to be an energy exchange, that the healing needed to be honored. And when we honor the healing, we value it so much more. And because we value it, we start to incorporate it into our lives. We don't become passive. We don't hand our power over. And we start to make those changes in our lives, which we need to do. Because, of course, the healing is just working on the energetic level. We need to do the work emotionally, mentally, and physically in order to incorporate and ground that healing. It will nudge us in the right direction, but we need to take those steps. Um, so he started introducing this idea of energy exchange. I give you the healing, you give me something else in exchange, whether it's money, it's shelter, it's food, it's um, employment, you know, whatever it is. And that's how we 
we came to recognize the need for exchange and healing. But I believe we always recognized it. You know, I think indigenous societies have always had this. Indigenous societies would never go to their shaman and say, give me a healing for free. You would go to your shaman with respect and you would go to your shaman with an offering, um, an offering of thanks, an offering of gratitude. Uh, and, and if the healing, you know, you leave after the healing and you feel great, you would continue to have these offerings of gratitude to your shaman. You would elevate them in your community. You know, the shaman is like our politicians of today. They hold all the power in community. So no one would ever think of going to a shaman in their community and not honoring them for their healing. And yet that's what we have in our society today. And it is so dispiriting and disappointing to see people fall into this trap of wanting free healing without realizing that they need to give something in return. They need to be, there needs to be some kind of exchange in return. Now, of course, the healer can say to you, I don't want an exchange. I've had healers say to me, you know, I'm going to, I want to help you. And you don't, you don't have to help. You don't have to pay because we know that you're struggling right now. You know, when I was back in the day and I was starting out on my journey, I've had healers say that to me, but I always paid my way. Um, and when it came to the bigger work, like I was getting attuned or, you know, I was doing a workshop or something, I always paid, I always paid my way. Uh, I never asked for discounts. I often asked for payment plans. Um, I always found a way. There's absolutely no way in my history as a human being on this planet that I've ever asked for a free healing. Um, if it's been offered, I've gratefully received it, but I've always found a way to pay back, whether it's through recommending the healer to other people or uh, giving them a shout out on social media or giving them a present or some way I would always find a way to say thank you. And I think that's just, you know, kind of imprinted in who I am. So, um, I think in our current society, we seem to live in an age where we've forgotten that reverence for healing, where we have this expectation that our, our, our need is somehow greater than the appreciation of what is being given to us, that what the healer does is not that special, that anyone can do it. And also, with the explosion of social media, we can join as many groups as we want, and every other day someone's sending out free healing, and we can heal a hop. We can kind of join this group and get a free healing here and a free reading there. And actually what happens is nothing really changes in our lives. You know, we don't grow, we don't expand, we don't evolve, we don't look at our wounds because we are refusing to invest in healing. And ultimately what that says is we are refusing to invest in ourselves. And sadly what that says is we don't think we're good enough. We'll project it onto others and say that healer is too expensive or I don't like the way they run things here or I found someone else over there or that person's free or whatever we'll project it and run away from it but ultimately what we're saying is we don't think we're good enough in order to invest in ourselves so the other day I I mean I often do this I offer free healing on my Facebook page and um I I just I just do it I just kind of put it out there I see it as my charitable donation and I say you know anyone want a free burst of healing eight at nine o'clock, eight o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever, tonight I'm going to be lighting a candle and saying some prayers, sending some healing. And people will put their name down and say me, yes, please, yes, please. So I, I did this the other day on my Facebook page for the healing work. And I mean, literally within five minutes, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Yes, 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 yes. And I thought, wow, I don't get this many engagements on a post um, when I'm kind of talking about the work or sharing stuff. 
you know, this is a lot of people actually see the stuff that I write then. Okay, interesting. Interesting, a lot of people want a healing. Uh, straight in, straight in. And then I felt, I felt, I felt needled. I kind of felt like, oh, I see. So when it's free, boom, you're straight in. But when there's a request to pay for it, you're not interested. So I did something. I said, um, listen, this healing is free. Of course it is. But in order for healing to, to mean something, for it to really work in our lives, there needs to be an exchange. So here are my suggestions for an exchange. Share this message. So as many people as possible can be reached. Um, you know, that we, if we spread the word, we're really making a difference in the world. So share this message. Tag a friend that you know is in need of healing. So again, we can share the love. Uh, donate. I have a donate button on the website, as I've just mentioned at the top of the podcast. But also, I'm I'm uh, doing donation healings to raise money for Solace, the women's charity that helps women who've been raped and abused um, to gain the help that they need. And it's a cause that means a lot to me. So donate. Don't you know? Donate to that via the website, and all the money will go to charity. Two people donated, and about five people shared the post no one else engaged with that request but they very quickly wanted the free healing but they weren't prepared to do something in exchange to honor that healing to honor my time to honor the healing to put something good out in the world to help someone else because ultimately, what I was asking for in the exchange was nothing for myself. I was asking that the exchange helped other people, either through sharing, so that more people could, could get the healing, more people could kind of spread the love, or by giving to charity. Two people donated, and about a handful shared the post. Over 400 people engaged with that post, and nearly 100 people responded to the post. I can't tell you how disappointed I was in that reaction, in that response. Now, Facebook doesn't sum up the world that we live in, but in many ways it does. In many ways, it's like a sliver of the world that we live in. This is the state of where we're at. We're this apathetic, we're this needy, we're this hungry, we're this selfish, that we can walk over the homeless person that is lying on the street just so we can get to the shop in time, so we can buy our Christmas presents, so we can buy that phone that we had our eyes on, whatever. That we can ignore the injustices that go on in the world, the bombs that are being dropped on brown people, black people, people that aren't us. That we can ignore what happens in the farming industry while we chop another bird and stuff our faces with cow, lamb, pig, whatever it is for another meal, because it's convenient, because it's easy, because we don't want to see, because we don't want to wake up, because we don't want to see how connected we are. That we can choose to remain this asleep and then wonder why our lives are not going the way that we want them to. If every single person that had said they wanted a healing had engaged with the true spirit of healing and put something back out into the world, how amazing would that have been? And that's the ripple effect of healing. But two people donated and a handful shared the post. There's another reason why it's important that we honour healing with an exchange. 
I did my first Reiki attunement in 2007. Uh, when I've shared this story before, I'm sure in a podcast, and I certainly have shared it in circles, when I attuned to Reiki, I didn't have the money to pay for my attunements. I was self-employed, earning very little, um, you know, living at home, really, really struggling. And my Reiki master kindly said I could pay, pay in installments. And that's how I was able to pay for my attunements and for my, you know, my level one and my level two attunements. Um, I paid for my level one and my level two attunements. I paid for my crystals. I paid for my workbooks. I paid for all my shamanic training, which took two and a half years. I paid for all my medicine ceremonies, which took two and a half years. I paid for countless healings that I did to work on myself consistently, uh, devotedly for the last 10 years, if not longer. I paid for my crystals and my incense and my cozy throws and my candles. I paid for website hosting. I paid for podcast hosting. Um, I paid for books that would help my self-development, for music that would help my development, for music that was used in the room. I paid for microphones to do podcasts. I paid for cozy little pillows. I paid for rooms that I hired. I paid for my travel. I paid, I paid, I paid. I paid, I paid, I paid, I invested, I paid, I invested. I'm not the only healer to have done that. I made sacrifices, I did without, I worked seven days a week, I worked weekends, I worked nights, sometimes I worked from nine in the morning until nine o'clock at night. I spent my time creating websites, going on social media, reaching people. I spent my time creating podcasts, creating blogs, I spent my time creating meditations. I invested, I invested, I invested, I invested. Every healer does this. So when a healer turns around and says, yes, I will do a healing for you, that will be X amount of money. It's because of all the years, if not the lifetime, that they have invested and devoted and dedicated and spent on being able to be the clearest channel so that they can assist you. And when a person turns around and refuses to honour that with an exchange, they're basically holding two fingers up and going, screw you, I just want my free healing. And we'll always excuse it, we'll always say we have a good reason. You know, I want my free healing, I can't afford it right now, I'm having a difficult time, I've lost my job, I've come out of a relationship, and I'm so, and so on, and I'm not arguing with any of those, I'm not saying that they may not be true, but each of us can reach into our pockets and pay one pound, you know, we can pay something. We can do something to honour the process. And yet we don't. Yet we don't say thank you. Yet we don't honour this person that is devoting their lives to assisting us. Yet we don't do that. And if we refuse to do that, frankly, we don't deserve the healing. We're reaching the end of 2018 and we're moving into 2019. I feel like timelines are changing and I feel like the role of the healer is changing. Someone posted something very interesting um, on social media, a, a, a mystic who, who posts some really interesting things about astrology and so on. And they said that we're, we're moving into a time when it's not the healer's responsibility to carry people anymore, to wake them up. 
that it's now about working with people that really want to do the work. And I created a podcast on this, which was a declaration to only work with those who invest in themselves. And I still stand by that. That we're moving into a time where we cannot carry another on our backs and we don't have to. And that it is not the healer's responsibility to carry scores of people on their back for for eon amount of time. Because there is always an excuse why they couldn't invest in that healing or why they can't invest in themselves or why they can't make changes in their lives. I often hear the same stories. I'd really like a healing, but I can't afford it. And I've said this before, you know, I really like a healing, but I can't afford it. And then you cut to, we went on a holiday, we bought a new house, we bought a new car, we bought loads of Christmas presents, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is, I really want a healing, but I don't want to have to pay for it. Because healing is free and why should I have to pay for it? And I think when we have that attitude, we're forgetting how healing works. We're forgetting that it's actually in the exchange that our healing happens. It's the moment that we say, thank you for the gift that you've given me, that the gift truly starts to reveal itself in our lives. I've seen this. So I've had moments where I've uh, I've faltered over paying healing and that's because a lot of the healers that I work with have worked with you know they charge a fair whack often um because of the level of work that they're doing and sometimes I'll have a panic sometimes I'll be like I don't think I can pay this I don't want to pay this this is a lot of money is it even going to work is the healing even going to make a difference in my life and I'll um and ah and I'll resist and I'll not want to do it and everything will feel horrible The moment I make that payment, everything feels right. Everything feels like now the healing can really take place because I haven't stolen something, because I'm not coming at it from a place of resentment or entitlement or ego, because I finally surrendered and said, I accept this gift, this gift of a new life, of a new way of being in the world that you've given me, and this is my thanks in return. And I've often said that when I've done the attunements, taught the attunements, that You know, I do offer payment plans, but if you wait too long to pay, it's like the attunement is kind of held up, just waiting for that exchange to happen. I can't give you the physics of how this works or why this works or why this happens, but it does happen. And I've noticed it time and time again, that what we don't, what we don't value has little value in our lives. If we don't want to pay for our healing, it means we don't value it. Therefore, it will have little value in our life because we don't value it. If we value it, if we take our last £10 or our last £5 and we say, this is how much I want this and this is how much this is going to work for me, that's what we get in return because a healing is a co-creation between the healer and the recipient. It's not the healer doing something to us, it's our co-creation. And the moment we honour the healing, the moment we we kind of we meet the healer and we honour the healing, is the moment we become co-creators. And I think we forget that. I think we feel that it's passive, that we receive a healing and then we pay for it and then we feel, you know, that we're having to kind of, you know, we're begrudgingly paying for something that should be free. But it's a co-creation. It's two energies coming together. It's two exchanges happening to create a third form of energy, which is your place of healing, which is the new you you know, which is your uh, your healed life. And no, I don't think healing is a magic wand. But I think if we want it to have a magical place in our lives where miracles can happen, 
then we need to actively engage with it. And we do that by honouring the healing that we receive in thought, in action, and in heart. And then the healing will continue to reverberate in our lives indefinitely. Those healings that I got from true healers that held the space for me and that I gladly paid them for their time and their energy and their love and their wisdom for their sacrifice along the years of everything that got them to the place where they could be healer for me, where they could hold the space for me. When I gladly gave an exchange in return for what they gave me, I know that those healings have reverberated throughout my life like a ripple effect. How could it not? The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.